Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. The stream has started. We are caught in the stream in that case. Oh, cheesecake. What? That was. You said, was, you said cheesecake? I, I said, oh, cheese. Oh, oh, okay. I was getting hungry there. Good morning. It is Sunday morning and it's time to jump into the rotation with your favorite. It's like why? why cool we, graphics now. Why? Why we talk in the beginning or say, "Hey, we're going to say jump into the rotation." I put on the video, uh, do everything else, and you just forget. No, I was actually waiting for it. You're waiting for it. Well, that was cool graphic. I <laughs> didn't want to lose that. I well, thank you. Okay, good morning. It's Sunday and time for the rotation. And here in Ybor City, where it all began with uh, your hosts, I am Gary Stein, your political director of Suncoast Normal, together with Carlos, don't call me a stoner, or what the hell, call me a stoner, no, Armida, <laughs> and from just below, just above the beltway, we have uh, Chris Kano calling, uh, coming to us from beautiful Montgomery County, Maryland, where you can even smell the corruption just floating northward from, uh, from D.C. How are things going in D.C. right now? There's a lot of interesting developments happening in Washington, D.C. Um, in particular, the Moore Act was uh, recently reintroduced into the House. Uh, for those who don't know, the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, which is quite a mouthful, uh, or the Moore Act actually passed the House in November in a historic vote. For the first time ever, a Chamber of Congress actually took up a, a bill to end marijuana prohibition. What the Moore Act does is remove cannabis entirely off the Controlled Substances Act. Uh, which is essentially what we need to move forward in this country. Not a reduction in schedule, not a move from schedule one to two or even three, but removing it entirely as a controlled substance, which will alleviate so many legal ramifications in regard to research, uh, in regards to how it's treated by the states, and most definitely uh, in uh, people going to jail, in particular federal prison uh, for cannabis possession, distribution, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we'll see how that shapes up. But there is now hope on the horizon in that the United States Senate, which is currently controlled by the Democrats, uh, their leadership is producing a separate marijuana bill, which is supposed to actually address these issues. And if you want your senator to come on board and support uh, the Senate Democrats version of the bill, uh, you can click on the link and uh, the call to action there and go ahead and uh, send a message to Senator Robio and Senator Rick Scott. You may be shocked at their responses. You may not. Uh, but this is an election year, and we will see how things shape up. Most importantly, uh, Senator Rubio does have a challenger uh, in um, uh, uh, 
Representative Val Demings from the Orlando area, uh, who, although is the former police chief of the Orlando City uh, Police Department, uh, did vote for the Moore Act while she uh, has been in Congress. So, um, you know, that's a, definitely a big shift there from going from police chief to pro-legalization. We will definitely see uh, how things shape up uh, during these elections in 2022. Wasn't she also a sponsor last year for the one that passed in November? I'm not certain she's a, a sponsor for the new one yet because it just got started. But uh, looking forward to seeing the Moore Act actually move forward. Uh, we do ha- have a slight control uh, in the uh, in the House. I don't know how many Republicans would be voting for it, but it should really be a bipartisan effort. I mean, if you really think about it, almost every single state that votes for uh, medicinal or recreational always has at least 55, 60 percent. It's not 51 percent. So obviously we do have a good number of folks on both sides of the aisle voting for it. So wouldn't it make sense to for the same thing to happen if we are truly a representative government? Were they actually representing us? Yeah. Then, then the vote over in the Senate and the House should be representing us. I was about to say, it? I saw a map the other day of like states that have legalized, states that have medical use, states that have CBD and decriminalized. And I mean, we're at the point where it's like 10 states have not touched this issue. Everybody else has done some sort of reform, some sort of change, some sort of legalization or medical marijuana system is like in place. Most of America and smoke weed at this point. Yes, wake up, cool Idaho. To do, you know? What is wrong with yeah, you, Idaho? Idaho? Idaho, suck. I'm not. I'm gonna stop eating your potatoes. Oh ho, I'm from Idaho. No, we we, we need to get out people out of their own private Idaho. <laughs> we 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 really have. I'm not gonna get down too much on Idaho just for the fact they have never really touched the subject, even though they're right next to Washington State and Oregon and just above Colorado. They are kind of. They they must be getting at least a secondhand buzz over there, but they still haven't touched it. That's the thing. Like when they're not farming potatoes, they go over to one of the neighboring states and buy weed and take it home. Or maybe it doesn't matter because you can just smoke weed on your potato farm. I don't know. I'm not from Idaho. <laughs> well, we, we can't really fix Idaho right now, but we can try to fix Florida. We can try to, to uh, change the mood here in Florida by making certain that whoever gets voted in in, in 2022 is more like thinking and more representative of the of their of their own constituents, and that's what we really need to work on. And that's why I hope that uh, I, I wish uh, Val Demings well uh, in in uh, going after that. I'm glad she decided to get out of the governor's race and get into the senator's race. So we do have an option there because we do need folks in the Senate right now. You say we have a majority, but uh, the Democrats had a, a very slim majority just in the fact that they have the tiebreaker vote. But we do have hey. this guy, this gentleman from West Virginia who doesn't quite understand uh, the constituency out there. Uh, Joe Manchin, if you're listening to me, and I know damn well you're not, <coughs> we need to talk. <laughs> about a lot of things, but yeah, this is just one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but it, okay, so I got to say, guys, I mean, I know it kind of sucks for the deputy director of Suncoast Normal to have this opinion, but I think we're fucked for a little while. Oh, you have an opinion? Yes, I do have an opinion. Wow. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I think we're fucked for a little while. We didn't get any petition initiatives going, right? Uh, the, there's no laws being passed, right? And nobody in Florida votes for this issue. They all think that they're, you know, like all their problems are going to be solved by voting Republican. There's some sort of like cognitive dissonance there by voting these lawmakers that fucking do what the opposite of what we want happening in Florida. So I, I, I got to say I'm disillusioned with our system here in Florida. I'm disillusioned with the people here in Florida. I don't think they know how to get this done. 
and it's by voting out bad politicians. Well, you know, we still have Regulate Florida sitting out here. It's been what, 16 months now since oral arguments over in the Supreme Court, and we still have not gotten an opinion yet from the Supreme Court as to whether or not they intend on having it go through. And I got to tell you guys, if, if Regulate Florida does not make it through this uh, Supreme Court review, we are going to have a damn tough time putting it back together again because the people over the, the, the good not, legislators over in uh, Tallahassee have made it much, much harder for ballot initiatives. Let me be a realist here. It's not going to make its way through make it legal florida was much more restrictive of a system and you know regulate florida even allows people to grow plants in their house the the what, what do you call those guys the supreme court <laughs> they're, they're, I, I don't call them the supreme court necessarily shit. my or, wife calls them the supreme goats i don't know why <laughs> ass faces that's what i call <laughs> no 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 we can't call him ass face that's that's our, our word for desantis here uh-huh uh-huh we should have a word for every bad politician. We should have a word for Rubio. And I think we should also go after uh, Scott there. No, Rick Scott. We haven't gone after Scott. Earth, Earthworm Jim. Absolutely. <laughs> There's so many names. He should, who shall not be named. Uh, Skeletor, uh, you know, <laughs> asshole, uh, thief. There's so many things. I mean, when you steal $70 million from the government and then plead the fifth over 70 times when questioned, it stands to reason that you're an asshole. Yeah. And that's the guy we want voted in for two terms as governor here in the state of Florida. Well, I mean, I, I think we should vote in Nikki Freed this coming election, you know? Um, I, you, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little suspicious about Nikki Freed's associations with big cannabis. But I, the way she's handled the hemp industry here, right, has been fucking great. It's been pretty amazing being somebody who sells hemp for a living, right? I'm pretty happy with the way she's handled it. She wants Pete Floridians to succeed off of this plant. Um, I think she'd make a great governor. And she's been causing shit up there. Like, you know, we, we think that we cause shit with DeSantis by having a little caption on the bottom of our screen. But she's, she's the one up there in Tallahassee really causing shit for these guys. Yes, but a lot of times we have guilt with association here, and uh, I mean her, her her rise to the top. She she won by the narrowest of narrow margins. She won she won during the revote, uh-huh. the recount rather. So uh, it it was difficult for her last time uh, to, to be a Democrat in a, in a Republican. Well, it's not Florida's not really a Republican state, but because there are actually more registered Democrats than there are Republicans in the state. But somehow, perhaps gerrymandering, <laughs> it's possible that uh, more Republicans get in than, than Democrats do, just because of the way that the uh, area is just redistricted. Hmm. So, well, Gary, if you know anything about Florida's um, demographics and, and centers of power, essentially what you have are uh, Democratic islands of power in the major municipalities around, you know, uh, Duval and Jacksonville uh, and Hillsborough and Pinellas with uh, the Tampa Bay area, uh, the or surrounding Orlando areas and Orange and Osceola County. And, and then essentially this large swath from, from essentially Palm Beach uh, down all the way to Miami-Dade counties, um, you know, in those urban corridors. But if you look the southwest coast of Florida in Naples, uh, if you look uh, in the middle of the state with Polk County, if you go up to, uh, the Pan, you know, anything north of Gainesville throughout the yeah. Panhandle, all the way to Tallahassee. You ever you know, been to the Panhandle? You feel like you're in an entirely different state. Sometimes you like get like in these like Tampa Island of, you know, 
freedom, if you will, of not being looked at weird because you're different. <laughs> and then you go up to the panhandle area, and yeah, it's like you feel like you're in the fucking south there. Like you feel you like you cannot get a Cuban sandwich. You cannot get a Cuban sandwich and a devil crab pretty much anywhere north of Gainesville. You know, <laughs> you know where where Chillum is located in Ebor, right? You go I four that way. And you get fucking Polk County. We get a lot of customers coming in from Polk County just because they don't have shit like this. And, and who's yeah. in charge of South Florida politically? The Cubans. Oh, dale. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's just note for the fact that when we had edibles, they said we couldn't use animal shapes. We had to use geometric shapes, mostly cubes. And where do cubes come from? Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. We invented the I cube. can't. I can't with you today. <laughs> Not with these jokes. It I just can't. makes sense, Gary. I will totally, as a Cuban male, I totally take <laughs> take credit for inventing the cube. There you go. What I have a concern is the panhandle uh, in regards to not just the politics, but policing. Um, the Jackson County Sheriff's Department had a, a notorious string of, of, of false drug crimes where there was a deputy planting meth, planting weed on people during traffic stops so he could bump up his numbers. And so the, the panhandle has a serious policing issue. Um, you know, as much as I give Grady Judd shit, Grady Judd, when he has bad cops on his payroll, he airs their ass out publicly. Now, I don't know about racist cops, but I do know the ones that commit crimes. He's definitely airing out. Yeah, the racist cops he takes And, care and of course, the far, the far left side of the... Uh, the panhandle that that is so off the beaten path, they had to throw it into a whole new time zone. Is uh, is Escambia County and and Pensacola? You I've know, never even heard of that. Pensacola? No, Escambian County. Escambia County is it was Pensacola and Santa Rosa County where they have Milton, and uh, it, it's it's a great county. Uh, it, it, I mean, it uh, it's the high it, it's like the uh, headquarters of meth production in the United States, I think, next to Alaska. No, I was not kidding. But uh, Pensacola, is, it's interesting. That particular area there in Niceville and that area there, they actually have some of the highest grossing uh, dispensaries in the state there, and in part because it's so, they're so widespread apart. There are folks who still have to go out there and, and drive 45 minutes mm, to an hour to get, to, get a, to a close dispensary. I was automatically thinking some sort of hypocritical thing where my mind goes, you know, like, is like these guys like to smoke weed but vote against it. It, it might be changing because you know we we often call Pensacola uh, Southern Alabama, which is uh, which is not on the, on, <laughs> not too far off the beaten path. But Alabama, they have a, a new bill, a new law that just put in place to to start up a medical program. It's more restrictive than it is here in the state of Florida. They still have to say, say that the uh, <clears throat> only way you can actually get a, a recommendation is if you can prove that all the standard pharmaceuticals didn't work. And when in the case of opioids, the only way to prove that it didn't work is by showing that either you became overdosed or you became addicted. So not a good choice uh, in regards to moving things forward. And, of course, they, they say that only, the only uh, edibles you can have is gelatinous cubes. Mm. And, and so there, there again is the southern. Uh, and speaking about edibles and this lady up in, in, in that part of the state. That was in Pensacola. Guys, that was in Pensacola, wasn't it? Yeah. We discussed that last week a little bit. Yeah. This, Woman, I, I I feel for her because she says because she has a kid that she has to has to worry about, and the kid got into a, a stash that suddenly appeared at her party. 
and now she's talking about how she wants to possibly Bro. sue the state of California for their packaging. Oh, now she's suing the state of California for her packaging? Well, she wants to. That's, this that's, is that's the whole point. To me, and like this might not be a pro- popular opinion, but this is like the like clearest example of white privilege. Like just absolute blatant. Like this lady, right? Her family members smuggled in marijuana from outside of the state, right? literally like the dude had an emergency like have you guys read the story of how this happened like apparently like the kid like it it was a family member that brought the packaging in right their kid had some situation where they were drowning or something like that right they had to save the kid right the guy was shaken up that was the excuse right he had the gummy in his pocket right he was in this kid's room changing, right? Didn't know what to do with the gummy. Stuck the fucking marijuana, illegal marijuana edible. Larry was like, I'll hide this gummy inside some kid clothes. And then goes and walks away from it. <laughs> and then this kid comes in and looks into its, its clothes drawer and sees this candy and eats it. And then all of a sudden it has all these medical issues. Yeah. The no, no. Let's be clear what the medical issues are. They said that the kid uh, seemed unresponsive, but was breathing just fine. Um, they took the kid to the hospital and essentially they just had him sleep it off. Okay. I did hear part of like to their defense. They said that the, the kid was seizing. Like it looked like what they considered to be a seizure. Okay. Now does cannabis cause seizures? No, it helps with seizures. It helps with seizures. Yeah. And, uh, and she also <laughs> mentioned that when they were in the hospital in the ER, her breathing at one point in time was quite shallow. Uh, she was sleeping. You, Yo, you do so, tend to have shallow breathing when you're sleeping. So let me ask you guys a question. How does this lady right, explain that entire situation to DCF, like admits to t- t- saying that situation to DCF and DCF just like automatically, oh, this is fine. This is fine. These people are just fine white people. no carlos i think you bring up a very good point had it been an african-american or a latino family this would be front page news about how bad of parents they are i mean they literally put a black woman in jail for 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 you know leaving her kids at home while she had to go to work you know so so the fact that someone allowed Someone allowed a family member uh, to, to, like you said, illegally transport cannabis across state lines. And then you got the nerve to say, oh, well, this state's not doing enough in its cannabis packaging to prevent children from seeing it. How about you don't put marijuana edibles in a children's top drawer in their room? How about you you tell your family members, hey, control your illicit uh, substances around my children? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and with all due respect, uh, if you have uh, cannabis that comes from other state, that, believe it or not, is already against the law. You've already broken the law. It doesn't put you at a high ground <clears throat> to complain about the packaging I when see, you've got illegal packaging and illegal cannabis in your house. I see this lady's family member like, like, like yo, shut up. Yo, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yo, you're gonna blow up my spot. Like stop yeah. snitching on me, yo. You know, straight up. These are these going in police reports, you know. <laughs> and, and she's it, over there being a carrying it's like, no, no, this state has to change the way they do things because if you're gonna do something illegal in Florida, right, they have to change I just I don't know. It pisses me off, bro. And an article unfortunately went national. Yeah. So uh, once again, Florida gets to be the laughing stock of the country because everybody else has it figured out, I think, besides this lady and the fact that every state has their own laws right now. 
And if you don't like somebody else's laws, it's, it's, it's fine because you don't live in their state anyway. That's what it comes down to. I mean, if she was actually a citizen of California, she would have far more standing in this particular instance. Although even in California, they'd say, why did you give your child access to this? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm not a, a heavy Second Amendment guy, but I do believe that if you do own a gun, you can be responsible about it. And you can lock it, lock it up and put it away so your kid doesn't have access to it. If your kid has access to it, that's a problem of yours, not necessarily the problem of the child's. And not necessarily the gun manufacturer if you left your gun out where your kid could get to it. So that's, what, that's all about responsible gun ownership and also comes down to responsible use of cannabis. And that's why we, we, when we talk about possible recreational use, which is the word they use in California, we call it over here responsible adult use. It's important to be responsible adults. That's what it well, comes down to. Gary, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, Connecticut, the state of Connecticut, said that they're likely going to revisit their adult use legalization bill in a special session this year. So, I mean, that would bring Connecticut in line with New Jersey, New York, and Vermont. So we're seeing this move in New England, essentially, uh, to move towards adult use of cannabis. And in Vermont, uh, their governor just signed a law uh, providing financial assistance uh, to marijuana operators in that state. Uh, they're going to have a, ha a half a million dollar um, cannabis business development fund, which will provide financial assistance and loans and grants and outreach to social equity applicants. So they're, they're, they're actually putting their money where their mouth is in regards to creating a more diverse uh, cannabis industry among small business owners and minority-owned businesses uh, in the state of Vermont. So shout out to them for, for doing what they need to do. And then Louisiana, you just talked about Alabama a little bit ago. Louisiana just passed a partial decriminalization measure, which will allow possession up to 14 grams uh, for non-medical purposes, which is now no punishable by no more than a $100 fine with no arrest and no jail time. We'll see if the governor, uh, you know, will sign it. But, you know, all in all, I think this is a step forward in the <laughs> South uh, as we see more and more uh, Southern legislatures uh, pushing for decriminalization measures. And that's why I say elections have consequences. In the 2022 election, the pendulum is either gonna swing really hard uh, uh, to the right, or it's gonna inch a little bit to the left. And that's where folks have to look at is, is where they're gonna vote and how things are, are gonna turn out in the upcoming election, because there are a lot of bad laws out there that are being pushed, especially in regards to drug driving in a lot of adult youth states. And there's a recent study that just came out that said that uh, THC per se thresholds are unreliable indicators of psychomotor impairment. And Carlos, if you want to drop the link on that, folks can uh, oh, see that and, and read it. But the fact is, is that uh, in certain states, they want to establish thresholds in your blood of how much THC can be in there that would say that, oh, you're impaired. But that varies depending on a person's metabolism. It also depends on the last time you smoked. So you could still be over the, the, the legal threshold established by the politicians and not have even smoked that day. So, you know, especially if you're someone like Carlos who does big dabs, right? <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> is it right that you could be pulled over tomorrow, and, you know, and, and, and taken to jail for a DUI when in actuality all you did was do did a dab, you know, the, the night before you went to bed? So there's definitely a lot of issues in regards to the science. And if we're going to make laws based on science, 
rather than, 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 than argument and rhetoric, then it's important that the science actually back it up. And right now, the science is not backing up uh, THC limits in the bloodstream uh, for drug driving. In fact, there are studies coming out that saying the enactment of adult use of marijuana laws doesn't even encourage drug driving, that they don't go up. Because we've seen for some time uh, groups like the Rocky Mountain uh, High Intensity Drug Trafficking Task Force, you know, a lot of the law enforcement agencies in Colorado and other legal states are still holding on to this last ditch of uh, cannabis DUIs as their their one way to try and strike back at those laws. This is their last stand. And and the studies are showing that it doesn't. If you legalize cannabis, it doesn't increase uh, uh, people on the road high. It, it doesn't increase children using it. Uh, what it does is it increases the number of idiots who allow their, their pothead brothers to come over to a kid's birthday party <laughs> and hide edibles you know, in their kid's house and in their room. So it's that like in the child's drawer, <laughs> like let let me hide this this Hawaiian punch edible yes. in this like yeah, child's they, underwear drawer. Yeah, the best place <laughs> to hide it from your child is by putting it in their dresser. Absolutely, because they would never look there to get socks or underwear or or a bathing suit or anything else. Hey guys, <laughs> hey Gary, did you find it? Did I find what? Did you find it? It's time for the news with Gary Stein. Oh my goodness. And I didn't name that, just so you know that. <laughs> no, that was me. <laughs> I thought, how can we give Gary his own segment? What should we call him? I got it. The G spot. There you go. Because we need a high, you know, a high level to start out with. Because we are here trying to talk about having a high level of everything. But here we but let's just talk about what happened in the Supreme Court this week. Nothing. <laughs> what the Supreme Court once again had the opportunity to go ahead and give us the opinion on on, on uh, the uh, uh, regulate Florida bill, but it did not happen. Once again, they went over and did a couple of more of the uh, the death penalty appeals and things of that sort, but uh, they didn't they didn't get to it. They didn't get to it. It's only been 16 months, but uh, if we we go forward, we're going to see that it is going to be very very difficult for regular for, for recreational or adult, responsible adult use to happen in Florida, and we're going to have to deal with that. We're going to have to deal with the fact that we have have laws right now that uh, if we don't have at least you know a, a, a thousand John Morgans out there giving out three three thousand dollars a piece, we are not going to have enough money to be able to even put a ballot initiative on the bill because you can't donate any more than three thousand at a time anymore, and. John Morgan, he put out what ten million uh, over the over the span of the, the two times that we had Amendment Two out. So we don't see uh, adult use coming out uh, anytime soon. Uh, it could possibly get be put into the legislature, but until we change the legislature here in the state of Florida, it's not going to go anywhere. Not because particular uh, <clears throat> representatives and senators don't want it, but it's the leadership that don't want it. And especially in, in Tallahassee, leadership really does dictate what happens, especially in the House. Senate, not so much. As uh, Senator Brandis once said, it's kind of like having 40 Somalian warlords, and they all, all are, are vying for power and things of that sort. I think one of the reasons that Senator Lee docked, uh, ducked out and left early in his term is because he was tired about the way things were going there, and he decided that the Senate was no longer for him anymore because it wasn't working. And that is what we see. Uh, we, we see bills that are passing and making it harder for the citizens to get involved in government. 
and giving it more giving more power off to legislators who may or may not listen to what you have to say. So you, as a as a constituent, have to contact your legislators and talk to them and let them know what is going on and tell them yes. this is how I feel. What are you going to do about it? Because we're not I'm not the only one. Maybe you need to come in force. Maybe you need to go ahead and talk to a whole bunch of people all at once and, and go over there and talk to your representative in a respectful manner, of course. I, I like it, like mob the capital. Well, things are opening we're up now. We're not going to take it. <laughs> no, we're not going to take it. I mean, we are the National Organization for the Reformation of Marijuana Laws, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, we're, and we're supposed to be helping to reform those laws. <clears throat> that means we need to try to, to add laws, change laws, and let the people who make the laws know exactly how we feel so they can represent us because we are a matter of representative government. Okay, but Gary, that, 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 here's the thing. Well, you know, you just mentioned if there are like 40 Somalian warlords and then we take a team to lobby up there to talk to the senators, what are they going to do? They're going to say, look at me. I'm the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like when we did lobby day and went into DeSantis's office and he just pawns off the fucking AIDS on us. Yeah. And he doesn't hear shit about what those potheads had to say. And when you go into a representative's office and they are with you on, on what you're talking about, but they know that the leadership does not want them to go ahead and put a bill in. And if they do put it in, it's going to, it's going to get killed immediately, and they will have one less bill they can put through because the, in the in the the house they can only do up to six bills at one time for, for one session. So if they put a bill in that automatically gets killed, they only have five bills that they can really work on. And so if you see a representative sit there, smile at you, and beads of sweat are starting to pour down the sides of his face, you know that he's getting pressure from above to uh, placate you by saying, "Yeah, I'll do what I can," but with the realization that. There's no way that the leadership is going to let him move forward on your particular agenda. So we, and, we have to work my, with the leadership. And by leadership, ask, you yeah. mean the, the party that's in charge of that chamber? Because we got some great leadership now, uh, um, you know, coming out of the, the House Minority Caucus um, in that the Democrats are being led in the House by local state representative from Tampa, uh, Fentress Driscoll, who is the first African-American female to actually lead, uh, you know, the, the Democrats in the House. So I think that, uh, that she is definitely someone who we can sit down with. We sat down in the past uh, uh, before and talked. She is, you know, on our team when it comes to this issue. But as long as the Republicans have a supermajority, uh, they don't even have to listen to Democrats. Essentially, they don't even need the Democrats for a quorum in many cases. They can just do pass the laws because they can. State Representative Randy Fine, uh, uh, if I wasn't mistaken, was quoted as saying that someone asked him, "Why are you passing this bill saying that you know, uh, we, you know, protesters can be run over? You can't give water to, to people in, uh, waiting in line to vote." And he goes, "Well, because we can." And and I mean that that is literally the epitome of what we've seen this last session coming out of uh, the Florida GOP and the DeSantis administration. They're passing laws for problems that are non-existent. There is no issue of teaching critical race theory to 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 sixth graders. That is, you know, a, a PhD and master's level uh, collegiate material. There is no issue with rampant widespread voter fraud. There is no issue uh, with with you know pro violent protests in the state of Florida. All right, uh, you know, it, last I checked, Brady Judd had hand on the gun, waiting for people to, to to mess up. 
And, and so, you know, here in Florida, uh, most times if a protest evolves into something, it's because the TPD ended up escalating it. And we have the video camera and the body camera footage to show it. So all the problems that Florida GOP and the DeSantis administration are trying to exist, address don't exist in many cases. They're just looking to say, look what we did to show their base something to galvanize around. And that's why you talked earlier about bipartisanship. I am asking the Republican and Democratic voters of Florida and the non-party affiliated voters, stay strong when it comes to cannabis, hold your representatives and senators accountable, and stop voting prohibitionists in the office. If you want to know about prohibitionists, join, become a member. Get our get our newsletters. Listen to Gary's updates. Back to you, Gary, here in the G spot. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I was trying to get uh, involved with some of the, the states around here. We here in the in the the uh, southeastern United States have a whole bunch of states that really are confused in regards to cannabis is concerned. Alabama, like I said, we just that they they just had passed a bill that is highly restrictive, but at least it's a baby step in the right direction. Right next to them, we got Mississippi. Well, they just Mississippi'd out because of the fact that they had passed a legis- a ballot initiative which was killed by their by, by, by their legislation. And that same thing that happened in South Dakota. And right next door, well, let's talk about North Carolina for a second. Tar Heels, get with the get with the game. Right above you is Virginia. Virginia is doing all sorts of great things and they're just breathing down your neck. And right inside of you, the Cherokee Nation in uh, in North Carolina just decided to go ahead and get their own medical program going right inside of you. And that's because they're a sovereign nation that can do that. So maybe we should start leaning on the Seminoles. I mean, they have sovereign land. They could possibly put together uh, a dispensary on their part not and not charge taxes, you know, even for uh, adult use. They have all sorts of opportunities that uh, the regular folks don't. And, this, and North Carolina is proving it. So let's keep an eye on that and, and see what happens because anything is possible when you've got, when you've got sovereign states involved. And uh, a lot of them are getting more more money now. If you face it, Seminoles with the Seminole Pact right now, they are getting a lot more funding than they ever had before. Uh, and they could they could do it if they wanted to. So let's just keep an eye on and see what, what happens with that. What do you think, what do you think that's possible, Chris? Well, I think that, you know, uh, Native lands, you know, the First Nations here in this country have gotten the short end of a stick for the very long time. The least the federal government can do is allow them to choose to grow cannabis on their land if they so choose. I mean, technically, it's not United States land. It's it's those First Nations land. And if they decide cannabis is a cash crop that they want to cash in on, by all means, they should be able to do it. And I think it works very well. Um, you know, you spend a lot of time in Nevada. You know that the, the Paiute Nation out there uh, has a what 24-hour drive-through dispensary. So, I mean, it, it works in those cases. And, and I, I just want to pivot real quick. You talked about, you know, um, the right people in position and stuff. Ha- I wanted to ask you, have you seen uh, this person who's running for uh, state attorney in the Pasco and Pinellas in the Sixth Judicial Circuit, Allison Miller? She recently posted just this morning um, as state attorney, she will not prosecute simple possession of marijuana and that the prosecution of marijuana has disproportionately affected black and brown communities for decades, and it doesn't make anyone safer. She says she's going to use those resources, time and taxpayer dollars, to better prosecute violent crime. And I think that that's important that uh, for many years, um, you had a hardliner uh, running uh, the, the Pinellas County uh, you know, circuit, and, uh, and now you finally have someone who wants to come in and be a reformer. 
And, and then, you know, I, I think that electing reformers at the judicial level, uh, especially when it comes to prosecutors, is important. Gary, what do you think about Allison Miller and her statement this morning? Well, Pascoe County just lost Bernie McCabe. He was the uh, attorney, uh, state attorney for that area for many, many, many years and then yes. passed away. Yep, she's running to replace him. Yep. And uh, he, he ran a, a fairly conservative, but, but a very even-handed uh, thing. But he never—he was never progressive in any way, shape, or form. He—he he was still basically in the same mode that he was when he f- was first elected, but almost 25 years ago to that position. So he had been there for a long time, and I think Pasco is, is due for a change. Pasco has is now uh, very much embraced the, the hemp uh, hemp growing field because they are very much a rural area. And they have uh, various options. And I would like to see Allison move forward and get her agenda move forward because I think, although Pasco is, is a rather is a small community compared to Hillsborough, I think it's due for a reformation. Now, you and I worked on Hillsborough's re- reformation and its de- decriminalization, and they got a better bill even than Louisiana did, didn't we? Well, you know, decriminalization. I think uh, having working, uh, you know, we worked really hard in 2016 also as a chapter to ensure that Andrew Warren got elected and Mark Ober was voted out of office. Ober was the third worst prohibitionist in the country. I mean, uh, uh, looking at those prohibitionists out west in Utah and such uh, were some of the only ones worse than him. He was putting more people in jail for cannabis possession than all violent crimes combined. And so uh, being able to elect a reformer like Andrew Warren, you know, I've heard scuttlebutt that he's even possibly considering a a run for state attorney here in Florida. And I think that having a a, a pro uh, cannabis reform minded state attorney uh, would be fantastic in this state in that, you know, we don't need to waste time and taxpayer dollars prosecuting possession of cannabis charges in the state of Florida, especially when they're not trafficking charges. The vast majority of charges are simple possession, which is 20 grams or less. People have less than an ounce on them, and they're getting saddled with criminal records. They're losing their driver's license. They're getting fired from their jobs. All consequences which make absolutely zero sense in a modern society. If we want to treat cannabis like a legal commodity, then we should. And and we should change the laws and we should have people who are in charge of enforcing those laws who are willing to say these laws here need to change. They're bad laws. You know, the the uh, the legislative apparatus needs to catch up. Well, maybe we should. Uh, it, is it possible for Allison to come on board and, uh, and be on our show and, and talk more about what she can do? Well, we, we have a, uh, an open invitation to both Allison Miller and to any other pro-reminded uh, cannabis candidates to come on this show. Uh, more than welcome to reach out to us at info at suncoastnormal.org. Let us know which weekend you're trying to come on the rotation. Happy to have you jump on in with us. And that, of course, means uh, Nikki Freed, of course, and uh, Charlie Crist. We're more than happy to have you guys on. Ron DeSantis, if you want to come on this board, I may just have to uh, be highly medicated before I get here, but we'd be more, we're more, more than happy to have you on board. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, let, let, let's sativate on that for a while. By the way, sativate is, is my word for if you're using sativa for creative use, you're sativating. Last, I night, I was in, last night I was indicating, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it's just that's what you need we need to move things forward in the state of florida right now they're doing everything they can to keep things from moving forward i was asked again the other day when are we going to have adult use here in the state of florida and i said get your medical card <laughs> basically that is where we stand because i don't see uh adult use happening in the state of florida for four years at least at this point in time because we've had quite a few setbacks uh but we do have 
a, a, a good medical program, which, was, which has got a solid foundation. It does need improvements as a medical program. We do need more people to, get, to give better patient education at the dispensary level. I think a lot of the doctors are doing a fantastic job as far as educating patients are concerned. But when you go into a dispensary and you need to find out what you need for your particular, your particular needs, they should be able to give you the answers. But we don't see that a lot of time. We should have some kind of certification for the guys behind the counter so they can actually have an, and now there, are, there are states that actually say that every dispensary must have a pharmacist or doctor of pharmacy on board to be able to answer those kind of questions and do those kind of things. We don't have this. We don't have that in the state of Florida yet. We do have a medicinal program with almost 600,000 patients. And we, when they first wrote, uh, set up the bill, when they were looking, looking at the financial impact, they figured no more than 550,000 patients. We're already past that. We're already past that in, in, in short order. And we've got a lot more people to go, because that's still only about 2% of the state. So we have a lot more people who could become patients in the state of Florida. Now, to that end, I should mention the fact that this is PT, PTSD Awareness Month. I don't know who, who proclaimed it, but that is something that we, we need to be aware of, because that is one of the things that is actually on the 10 qualifying con, uh, conditions. And it was something that... Uh, affects veterans at a much higher rate than other people, although there are a lot of other people who also have PTSD and need to use something that makes it work better than what they're currently having right now. And that includes our first responders. What I, I, what I miss? Oh, uh, the world ended. The world ended? No, we, we were just discussing, and I think it's important. Um, Gary, you mentioned about, you know, veterans having access. This is PTSD month. Uh, Carlos, if you flash that link across the screen, there's actually a call to action right now uh, to ask Congress to pass a bill which will allow VA doctors to recommend to veterans, um, you know, so medical cannabis. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. So that's all right. Go ahead, Tony. Julie uh, in the comments said all the doctors that she's run into won't consider issuing cards. Part of that problem is that we have less than 2,500 doctors in the state of Florida who are doing cannabis recommendations. Originally, the course was over eight hours long, costed a, a few hundred dollars to take. Since then, they've revised the course to become a certified uh, recommending doctor for cannabis. But some doctors don't want to do the extra paperwork. They don't want to keep the records. So you do have a limited number amount of doctors. And Gary, to your point, that's why we have a limited number of patients in this state. The patient pool would be much bigger. But then there's also other uh, considerations. And looking through the comments, uh, one of the main concerns is people in Florida want their guns. They want to maintain their constitutional right. They want to be able to conceal carry. You know, Florida is a wild state to live in. We, we've already talked about there are certain areas Carlos doesn't feel safe driving in. There are certain areas none of us feel safe driving in, okay? Mm -hmm. And the fact is that if you can't, you know, protect can't yourself, you can't be, you know, if you can't protect your family, then th that those are major concerns. So, you know, as far as guidance goes, I always tell people, look, if you really want to keep your concealed weapons permit, renew that before you go out and do the process of getting a medical marijuana card. Because concealed weapons permits typically last a few years, and, and hopefully in the amount of time it takes for that your next renewal to come up, uh, we would already would have resolved these issues. Um, you know, hopefully. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a guarantee, but everything is trending in the right direction right now. But again, elections have consequences. All the progress that we made could go to shit in a, in a, in a midterm election uh, next year. So definitely, um, if you're planning on becoming a medical marijuana patient, renew all your concealed carries permits before you go through the process. 
And, and and we do pretty much believe that, you know, it is very easy to be a responsible gun owner. Like I said, lock up your, your gun when it when it's not in use and things of that sort and, and move forward it's in like, that way. And I just want to smoke weed and protect my gun, my gay rights with well, my guns. I mean, we, we had actually kind of a, a rough last couple of days in regards to mass shootings in this country. They're yeah. all over the place. Austin. Uh, of course, the, the one that, that really hit me was the one in, in Royal Palm this last uh, couple of days ago, where a gentleman uh, who, who was going through a, a rough divorce, I guess, went ahead, walked into a public supermarket, shot a one-year-old child in the head, Jesus. and then shot his grandmother who was pushing the cart. What? And the then, he, then, he, then he shot himself. Question is, why did this man have a firearm? If he was in that kind of condition that he could possibly do that kind of thing, did he have the gun for a long time and just go crazy recently? And and what do we do when, when that, in that regards? Because nobody has ever gotten killed by somebody handing somebody a joint. Mm. But this guy just took out two very innocent lives you guys, for no reason whatsoever that we can tell. You guys think he would have done that if he had access to marijuana? I think he would have been feeling a lot better about his divorce. Uh, well, but but it, it's hard to say. I mean, we we don't know what his motivation was because he took it with him. Mm. Uh, but we, we we need to. I mean to be responsible that's all there is to it i i, I want to try and make light of this situation but it, it it doesn't feel right in many cases you know we when we hear tragedy we look for levity um you know we often look for comedy to really address various situ situations but you know this situation in itself breaks my heart to know that a one-year-old his grandmother could be shot at a grocery store from some guy who was going through some type of mental health crisis at the time um, you know, that he was affected, you know, by his finances, that he was, uh, you know, being hit with his divorce. Um, all those things, you know, when it comes to mental health, uh, Carlos, to your point, yes, increased access to cannabis can help with a lot of mental health issues. You know, someone who is 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 uh, three dabs in is not getting off the couch to do a mass shooting, right? I mean, if we're going to talk about this in a very serious manner, it's just not. And I think that that is something that, that this state... Uh, struggles with. If this was an adult use state, I think we would see shootings go down in this state. Uh, you see a drop in violent crime in, in adult use states. You see a drop in overdoses in adult use states. You see a drop in children utilizing uh, cannabis in adult use states. It is important to understand that children do have reduced access in many of these states because every single dispensary IDs you at the front door. You know, but a, you know, a pharmacy does not. Kids can get in, can walk into a Walgreens and over the counter have access to drugs that could, you know, can put them out permanently. You know, you can walk in with a SpongeBob backpack and, and light up Skechers into any Walgreens or CVS in this country. Try doing that in the dispensary. You will not see the same uh, threshold. It, it, it's just not going to happen. So I definitely... oh, and by the way, uh, uh, CVS and Walgreens do sell Adderall gummies. <laughs> just so you know, that is actually a, a product out there. Wow. And what's crazy is I actually walk into CBS all the time with my light up sketchers and my SpongeBob <laughs> backpack. <laughs> well, here's all the, the thing. Feedback. You know, Gary just mentioned about those Adderall gummies. Carlos, I heard an interesting story over the, the, the last week. Someone had called because you sold their husband some gummies and he was having a great time and that was yeah. a concern. Please tell, <laughs> tell us more about that. No, I'm going to change we, the uh, atmosphere here. We, we, we sell these gummies by a company called Drip, right? They're, um, Drip. Yeah, they're they're actually a local company. They're out of St. Petersburg. Drip. Uh, they're, don't be nasty, Gary. 
And so they they sell them uh, 20 milligrams per gummy. This guy comes in, buys a jar of those. There's 20, 20 of those 20 milligram gummies in there, right? From drip. Casual customer. I don't even remember the guy. I don't know what he looks like. But apparently a couple hours later, I get a phone call from this guy's wife, right? Um, and she's pissed. She's like frantic. She's like, you know, I t- my husband just came back from Ebor. He has this jar of of uh, gummies. It says drip on them, right? And 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 right. I'm I'm so pissed. I'm just so angry, right? And I'm like, okay, ma'am, well, what, what's going on? And she's like, well, my husband's acting really weird. And I'm like, oh, geez, like and like you know, you kind of always like is like, oh shit, what's gonna happen, right? And the the and I'm like, okay, so like, what's happening with your husband? How is he acting weird? And she's like, well, he won't stop giggling. And I'm like, that he's happy. Is that what's happening? <laughs> he could be sitting on a mouse. You never know. No, she's like, my husband won't stop giggling. And I'm like, ah, okay, I see what's happening here. Right? Your name is Karen, <laughs> and your husband ha- finally Chad. has had a moment of happiness, and you just don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> so you're calling to see to find some advice. So I ended up telling her that that her husband's gonna be fine. <laughs> that um, you know, even if um, you know, she wants to if she wants to take him to a doctor or something like that, um, that would be fine. And that you know, if if that's a concern of hers, that she should do that. But um, I advised her that most of the time when these people go to the doctor, they just tell them to eat some food and to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> because they're just really stoned and it's just going to pass in a couple of hours. So, and I just basically told this lady, like, give this guy some food, let him get some rest and leave him the fuck alone because he's probably not happy talking to your ass. <laughs> nah, she's being nasty about it. But I'm sure you can handle, handle it somewhat. And by the way, drip did not give us any uh, uh, compensation for that cute little uh, dip there and so we won't uh, talk about drip anymore or mention the fact that drip, drip products are good and they we should be getting a discount from them for giving them all the free publicity drip. <laughs> yeah just, <laughs> just 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 saying drip gonorrhea commercial doesn't it we welcome sponsorships on our show. To that end, uh, Gary, you mentioned earlier that, you know, the only way we're going to get adult use pass is if we found a thousand John Morgans to each give $3,000. Now, while many of you do not have $3,000 to give, for $25, for $25, you can become a member of this chapter of Suncoast Normal and make all the difference. And you know what? Yes, you're right, Gary. We're going to need a thousand John Morgans to fund uh, a three million dollar ballot initiative. What I would rather have is if we could accumulate five thousand of our members to each uh, uh, chip in and help out. Again, we're a grassroots organization. The more, the merrier. Uh, you know, we consistently are, are gaining new members every single week, and really, we appreciate everyone who tunes in and listens. Uh, shout out to all of our new members. Uh, if you've joined this week. Come down to Chillum, uh, ask Carlos or his staff uh, to give you your membership package. We're more than happy uh, to make sure that you, you get those. Uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so please uh, come pick them up in a socially distanced manner. And always remember that our members do get a 25% discount there at Chillum, where you can get those gummies that apparently will make you very happy and make your caring of a wife very upset. So, <laughs> and, 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 and if we can get a, give them a Chad discount, perhaps. No, just, no, just, no, no chads. And you or, get this fantastic pen. 
uh, that really does stand out on your on your dark coat if you wear one like this. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and, 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 and if we still have any more of these fantastic Suncoast normal masks, only that a few left. Are only are only optional if you're uh, vaccinated like myself. Although I should mention the fact that I was just told by the CDC guidelines that if you had uh, COVID over the last couple of months, then you're good and you can go walk around without a mask, which is good because he got it. Which was one of the reasons why, why I'm standing next to him without having a mask on for a while. I, because I, I, I knew what the CDC was going to say. I am not vaccinated. I need to get one of those. And with, with all due respect, I'm not going to be taking any cruises. But any, any I recent, smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> and that keeps you from getting the COVID, I heard. That, yes. That's what they say, huh? And I'm smoking a lot more weed now than when I actually got the COVID. So I should be fine, right? It's better than a vaccine. <laughs> well, let's just talk about that for a second, because one of the issues in regards to COVID towards the end is what is called this cytokine storm, which were, is when your body starts attacking you through a huge influx of, of antihistamine and a lot of inflammation all over the body. And what is one of the biggest things that cannabis does in regards to the body as far as medicinally is concerned? It controls inflammation. And that's been a big thing for thousands of years. Uh, the, the Roman soldiers, uh, when they were out in the field, the, uh, the field medics would pack their wounds with cannabis leaves. Mm. And their inflammation would go down faster and they'd be able to go back to fighting faster. Mm. And that was what, what, what made the Roman army one of the, the, the stronger armies that have been out there. because So they know way, way back there. At the, at the anti-inflammatory products uh, properties of cannabis can do absolutely fantastic things. And so definitely, definitely, if you, are, if you are a cannabis smoker and you happen to be getting COVID, chances are you'll have a much uh, less of a, uh, a bad case is concerned if you haven't already gotten your vaccination, which I, always, which I recommend to everybody that you do because <clears throat> it is a safe vaccine. It is effective vaccine. And I know I'm getting a lot, a lot of arguments from anti-vaxxers out there, but uh, you do you guys and I'll, stay, I'll keep my distance. That's what it comes down to because well, – uh, <laughs> and, and on that note, I'm, I'm a we, public health guy. I think well, we should, uh, after that great information, I think it's time to end the show. Well, there's one last thing we should mention before we end the show is that on July the 30th, we are having a Suncoast Normals Got Talent talent showcase. If you ever seen these talent shows that you see on broadcast television, uh, the Simon Cowell type shows, if you will, uh, you know, folks tend to have a great time watching those, participating in those. And so if you have a talent, if you're a comedian, if you're a magician, if you think you got something that can wow the crowd, wow the judges, we have a $300 cash prize uh, for the best talent uh, to be voted on at the show. It's going to be at the Crowbar on July 30th, and you can get advanced tickets right now because we fully expect a sellout crowd. You can get discounted tickets for general admission right now, and you can also sign up to get into the limited uh, talent entry pool that we have. And so and we're looking for vendors, correct? Yes, uh, and yes. If, if, if we're all looking for, for vendors and sponsors, if you want to know more about vendor and sponsorship opportunities, hit us up at info at suncoastnormal.org or just contact us through the website, suncoastnormal.org. And most definitely get your advance tickets right now for general admission. We're already seeing the general admission tickets selling. We're already seeing folks entering into the talent competition. There are limited spots in the talent entry. There are limited spots to get into the event. So get your tickets now before prices go up uh, at the end of this month. And maybe even Drip will be there and explain to us why they named their company after us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, Find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.